Brilliant. Thanks ever so much, Paul. And um, hi, everyone. Um, we're back in this strange world where I'm preaching to you from my front room again. Um, uh, if you are new to us um, uh, in the church, then a very warm welcome. We Every week we preach from the Bible. Um, we're looking at a series called Prioritising God's Presence, which we started um, a couple of months ago. We'll be continuing through to uh, the sort of springtime, really, um, after Easter, looking at a variety of different subjects. And uh, last week, uh, I began looking at the subject of what it means to adopt a lifestyle of simplicity. And we particularly considered the idea of inner simplicity and how that was really important and talked a little bit about the things that can clutter up our hearts, not just our homes, the cares of life, the deceitfulness of riches, desire for other things and some of the alternatives that God offers instead of that. Today, uh, we're following that up and the idea is to get a bit more practical. This is a huge subject, so I've just got a few um, suggestions. Um, there's loads of other stuff that you could say as part of this. Um, and to help us, we're going to use a Bible passage, um, which is in 1 Timothy chapter 6. That's a letter written by the Apostle Paul. And we're going to pick out a few key things related to uh, simplicity. So I'm going to read from 1 uh, Timothy 6. This is verse 6. It says this, Godliness with contentment is great gain. For we brought nothing into the world and we can take nothing out of it. If we have food and clothing, uh, we will be content with that. And we'll stop there. We'll look at some other verses uh, in a little bit. So the first key I think I want to talk about with this idea of a lifestyle of simplicity is about being content. Be content. Contentment is basically about being thankful for what you have rather than focusing on what you don't have. Very simple. And according to this passage that we've just looked at, um, uh, Paul says this is great gain. In, in other words, it's massively beneficial to cultivate a, a heart and a lifestyle of contentment. Now, what's challenging in here, in what you can see in these verses, is that the biblical threshold for contentment compared to our 21st century lifestyle is pretty challenging. Paul says, if we have food and clothing, and literally the word there, clothing means covering. So you could, I guess, include that a roof over your head as well. So food, clothes, roof over your head. With that, we'll be content. Job done. Wow, that's, that's, that's quite provocative, I think. I've been, when I've been thinking about that, I'm thinking, gosh, what... What am I content with? What would I what would I consider that to be in my life? Obviously, the last year has been really hard and it continues to be, doesn't it? But just for a minute, and I don't want, I don't want this is not to be negative, but let's imagine for a second that 2021 continued to take a bit more of a, a nosedive. So let's imagine for a second that all free NHS healthcare just stops. Bang. <sighs> That'd be pretty awful, wouldn't it? Imagine that in your homes, electricity and running water was turned off. So, you know, you got, can't turn your lights on, you've got to dispose of your own poo. Um, <laughs> Becky's in there and she's laughing as I'm saying that. And let's imagine that, you know, obviously the kids are off school at the moment. Let's imagine the education system was completely scrapped and children never went back to school. That would seem pretty catastrophic, wouldn't it? We'd be pulling our hair out going, ah, it's the end of the world. We wanted to return to normal and what's going on? Intriguingly, that would actually be a return to normal, but it would be a return to normal as life, normal life was like in the United Kingdom a couple of hundred years ago. 
Okay, uh, I was looking up some statistics in uh, 1820, so only 200 years ago, which in human history is a very short period of time. None of those things existed. And life expectancy, rather than 81, where we're kind of expecting to retire and live out our, our, our days in kind of comfort and enjoying our grandchildren, life expectancy was 41 rather than 81 as it is today. Our society has made remarkable, amazing progress in a short space of time, which is absolutely super. We obviously uh, really appreciate all of those things. And we're probably the healthiest and therefore wealthiest generation probably ever to have lived on planet Earth. But I wonder if that means that there's a lot that we kind of feel entitled to or take for granted or think we need these things to be happy. Lots of chocolate, according to Jim that previous generations actually never had, and which, to be honest, billions of people around the world today still don't have. But our society, even with all of those cool things that have happened, we're still not content. We want more, we want more. But as followers of Jesus, we're called to live very differently and to be content um, with the simple things. So here's a few practical ideas that uh, I've been thinking about to do with this whole idea of contentment. And you'll see them on the screen because faith will pop them up. Um, so you see four bullet points, loads more you could say. Number one, practice being thankful every day. Um, I think at the moment that is especially important, isn't it? Because there's a lot that we kind of is really tough. I think deliberately deciding, sitting down as a family, at the dinner table, that sort of thing, and just saying, God, we are grateful, grateful that we have some food. Thank you, we have a roof over our head. Those things, rather than necessarily looking at all of the negative stuff, is really powerful in developing this lifestyle of simplicity. A uh, second thing you can see there is about material things you own. Let things you own get old. We live, don't we, in a very disposable society where you get a phone contract for a year, and then after a year, you get a new one and a new one and a new one. Um, so I've just got a question, like, if you've got things, do you actually need a new one? yet do you need to replace it maybe you can repair it i'm currently wearing my favorite jumper um but it got holes in the arms and so my mother-in-law i gave it to her and she sewed these what i think are really cool patches because i work at university on the arms which themselves aren't working brilliantly well um uh, but the idea is it's like okay let's try and reuse let's try and repair rather than just constantly needing a new and a new and a new one uh, next thing um, you saw on the list there is be clear about what you consider to be necessities versus luxuries. I think, again, in our um, society, it's easy to get those things muddled because we kind of become uh, used to um, having certain things. So maybe even when you're doing your shopping, look at your shopping list. Which things are luxuries? Which things are necessities? If I remove that, how would I feel about it? And the final point in there is um, make the most of things that are free. I think probably for a lot of us, because so much of life has been restrictive at the moment, we've probably gained a fresh appreciation for like the local area and probably just being outside and greenery and countryside. God's creation is fantastic, isn't it? Really simple just to get out there, enjoy the fresh air and to be grateful for it. So let's be content. The second thing in uh, this passage in 1 Timothy is about being generous. Uh, carries on. Uh, Paul says this in verse 17. He says, command those who are rich in this present world, this world is passing away, not to be arrogant, not to put their hope in wealth, which is so uncertain. We talked about that last week, but to put their hope in God who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. Brilliant. That's what our God is like. Command them to do good, to be rich in 
good deeds, to be generous and willing to share. Love these verses. It says God richly provides for us. He wants us to enjoy our lives. And then with what he gives us, he calls us to be very open handed in order to be able to bless other people. Uh, last week, uh, we quoted from the uh, Christian author Richard Foster, and I've got another cool quote from him. He said this, Jesus called all who would follow him, so me and you, to a life of joyful unconcern for possessions. A life of joyful unconcern for possessions. I, I think that's, <laughs> I love it, but again, it's quite challenging. I don't think he's there advocating leaving your front door open when you go out so that people can just come in and nick whatever you've got. But I think it's about recognizing that everything that you think you own is actually not yours. It's all simply borrowed. We are only stewards of our possessions, of our money, which we, which God has given to us, but it's ultimately his, and we're to use it for the benefit of other people. I don't know about you, but I, I find it amazing sometimes the hold that things can have on me or on, on us. Just for a second, I want you to think about your most treasured possession. Just have a th think second. What would it be? Maybe a bit of jewellery, um, phone, laptop, car, motorbike, I don't know. What's your most treasured possession? Imagine someone came to your door this afternoon who you didn't think was entirely trustworthy, but you knew and asked you to borrow it. What would you do? I, for me, I know I would be reticent. And then it makes me go, well, why? Because it's not really mine anyway. It's not really joyful unconcern. It's kind of worried concern because they might break it or they might lose it. But being generous and willing to share, according to the Bible, is key in terms of a lifestyle of simplicity, because otherwise we spend a lot of time, energy, emotion thinking about our stuff. So here's a few practical suggestions, again, which Faith will put on the screen. First thing is to ask yourself the question, is there anything that you would consider to be off limits to others that you own? I just want you to think about that. If so, why is that? Maybe think about it. So a practical thing then might be to deliberately try and give away or, buy or lend something that's valuable to you and just see how it feels. You might find it very freeing if that thing has had quite a big hold on you. Um, a, a fun thing that you can do is to find creative ways to bless others. And um, Becky and I in the past have had some fun by kind of thinking about someone we want to bless and like putting some money in an envelope and sort of sneaking around and popping it through their door um, and hoping that they don't see us and they're running away. Um, it kind of creates something of a spirit of lightness, I think, in us, which just then enables us to kind of just be a blessing to other people and try and find ways of doing that. And we've been recipients of that ourselves as well. Sometimes really simple things. Hannah Harrison cooked Becky a birthday cake this week. It was brilliant. Thank you so much, Hannah. But having fun blessing other people can be just really good for us in this uh, lifestyle of simplicity. Get setting yourself a target even for what you want to give away. Again, that's something that Becky and I have found helpful in the past of thinking about what's my budget and then putting first in a challenging target of I want to give away this amount of money, which we sometimes try and stretch from the year before. And especially, I think that's important for us who are, to be honest, rich in this present age to think about how do we bless and serve and give to those who are less fortunate to bless the poor. So we've got contentment, we've got generosity, and the third practical principle I think we can see in this passage in 1 Timothy, it's about pursuing what really matters. 
says this in, I think, verse uh, 10 or 11. It says, some people eager for money have wandered from the faith and pierced themselves with many griefs. But you, but you, man of God, woman of God, flee from all this and pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, endurance and gentleness. Fight that good fight of faith. Take hold of the eternal life to which you were called. Paul here is making a comparison between things that can enslave, harm and distract us, which ultimately don't really matter. And he's saying flee from those things, but instead pursue, fight for and take hold of the things that bring life. Those are very active words that kind of uh, portray something of energy um, in terms of what we are doing. Uh, what we're going to do at this point is show a video that um, uh, I asked Lizzie Boss uh, in the church to make. Lizzie has been thinking about this whole area of a life of simplicity and pursuing what really matters over the course of the last couple of years. So I thought it'd be great to hear from her. So let's show that video now. So thinking about uh, living more of a simple life for me is um, it's very much been a process and a journey with God that started a few years ago when I was ill with a stress related condition that, um, yeah, was a result of having too many high pressured things all, all going on at the same time and still trying to, to do life. Um, so, yeah, that was the start of considering what's in my life, how am I living? And I know a lot of other people are on this journey as well, so it's nothing that's unique to me. Um, but yeah, it's been it's been really good, and I've realised that I'm not invincible. <laughs> um, that I can't do all the things that people ask of me, and that's not healthy to do that anyway. Um, I can't do all the things that I actually want to do myself. So um, that I have limits. So that's that's been good to recognise, and um, and I think yeah, just just knowing what season I'm in, knowing what the priorities are, um, knowing the focus for this particular season of life. Um, it's been really good and knowing more about myself and who God has made me to be um, and operating within that it's, it's been really helpful um, and I think yeah like just trying to listen to God's voice and asking him what are you saying to me God at the moment um, right now um, yeah rather than listening to all the other voices that are around um, and all the other agendas and um, opinions which is so easy to do um, yeah and what's right for someone else and my like some of my friends might not necessarily be right for me so it's really been learning to to ask God yeah what what's the focus for now um, yes yeah, so that's been really helpful and I think linked to that is yeah just um, not taking on too many things and and just having like a clear vision of how I spend my time and um, yeah and and rest as well and I know other people have been considering this so we're trying to practice the Sabbath in our household which we're still very much learning about um, but it's been really really good um, and I think rest um, it's not just a weekly thing but I've been trying to practice that on a daily basis as well so for quite a while now I've just turned my phone off in the evenings I just don't like being switched on after like half six seven o'clock um, just turn everything off um, and I think, yeah, just finding times in the day when I can just sit down, where I can just gather my thoughts, 
where I can just breathe, where I can just have a coffee. Um, I try and do that on a daily basis as well. That's been really helpful for me. And um, yeah, I guess like just try not to have like such a crammed diary. Like when, when I was ill, like everything, the diary was full. It was just too much, too busy. And um, and yeah, just trying to build in time where there's nothing happening, there's nothing planned. And that's been really good where I can just be flexible, where I can make a phone call to a friend, or I can just do something that I feel the Holy Spirit's put on my heart. And just, or even just talking to God and asking him what he would talk to me about, what he would say to me, or what he would have me do. So um, yeah, so I think it's just responding to God's voice and not all the voices around me um, and yeah not got it all worked out um, at the minute but um, it's a process and it's a journey and I hope it's something that I'll be on for the rest of my life um, with God so that's it from me. Brilliant thank you so much uh, Lizzie for recording that video for us um, various things that Lizzie's touched on that we've covered already some things that we'll talk about in the coming weeks things like the Sabbath I really liked what Lizzie talked about there when she was talking about choosing the things that she needs to focus on, uh, spending time listening to God, um, trying to think what season of life am I in? What does that mean? What do I prioritize? Um, when I was preparing this message and um, looking at this passage, one of the verses and it really jumped out at me, which I wasn't expecting it to. Um, you know how the Bible, God does that through the Bible, doesn't it? And um, it was the bit that we read here, which said, take hold of the eternal life to which you were called. That's what it says in 1 Timothy 6 verse 12. Take hold of the eternal life to which you were, whole, you were called. And as I was praying about this in advance, what I was thinking about is that there's a lot of life at the moment that we can't take hold of as we want to, isn't there? So much that we can't. But actually the eternal life to which we were called, we can take hold of with no hesitation. And eternal life isn't merely some sort of distant future hope that we kind of wait for when we die. But according to Jesus, it's a present reality. He says this in uh, John 17, when he's praying to his father, he says, now this is eternal life. That they, that's me and you, know you, the only true God and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. Eternal life is knowing God, very simple out of his amazing love for us, the Father sent his one and only Son for us to know and enjoy this eternal life and follow Jesus, even knowing him, according to what we sang earlier, in his sufferings through difficult things. I know it's possible to actually possess something without necessarily truly embracing it or enjoying it. For um, the last two or three years, my guitar has kind of sat a little bit less used than it might sometimes be in the corner of my spare room gathering dust but actually during the pandemic i have deliberately chosen to take hold of it quite a lot more than i was doing before and it's done me all sorts of good i love playing the guitar it's actually helped me to really worship and engage with god in terms of this taking hold of eternal life but i wonder even today as we're kind of listening and thinking about these things amidst all of these challenges that we're facing whether we are genuinely together taking hold of the eternal life this relationship with god that he has for us or is it figuratively getting dusty sitting in the corner of your spare room with other things other cares concerns kind of taking precedence i wonder is it time for you just to pick that up again because god oh, he loves you so much he's pursued you and he's even today i think he would woo us afresh 
again, longing for us to take hold of him and knowing that which is truly life. Over the next few weeks, we'll explore this subject in a bit more detail. I'm thinking about prayer and fasting and Sabbath, as I mentioned. But I just want to leave you with that particular thought today. Are you taking hold of this eternal life as part of this idea of pursuing what really matters? So let's be content. Let's be generous. Let's pursue what really matters. Um, uh, let's seek to live this lifestyle of simplicity. Let's keep it simple. Um, and on that point, I'll hand back to Paul. Thanks for listening.